Back to Severe Reaction, powered by Equitable Bank. We take banking personally. Here's your host, Michael Severe, on 1620 The Zone. Too much thought process that went into it. It wasn't like a tactic or anything. It's just because I'm a senior and I, we had 30 or 31 seniors walk and um, a lot of us still have eligibility remaining. So we might have a lot of guys um, come back, but that was just my decision to, to partake in senior day this here in uh, Nebraska. Welcome back. Surreal reaction here on 1620 The Zone. Uh, I mean, hey, I always think senior day is amazing. Um, his parents and, and relatives get to go on the field and the guys come out and they hug their coach, and get some words of wisdom from him and then run out there and meet their family and hug. And I mean, it's, it's just cool. It's just the emotion of it is, is awesome. 31 guys yesterday, um, long list, and they all had different stories, right? I mean, we had, we had two that were here for six years, Trent Hickson and Brock Bando, which is an eternity of being in college. Actually, the average for most students in college, but not necessarily football players. Yeah, Chancellor Brewington was only here two years, but man, what a great two years. Last year with the great blocking down by the goal line, and every time he's in the game or touches the ball, people get excited because they like him so much. Um, you had the story of Darius Moore, who played at UCF years ago, had a really bad injury, took him years to come back, and comes back to play one more year of college football, and even gets an interception, which is awesome. Uh, O'Shawn Mathis kind of came here as a hired gun, got a bunch of NIL money, a lot was expected of him. Yesterday, he got one sack. The sack was the one that was given to him because of the grounding call on Graham Mertz. They gave him the sack. Certainly not what O'Shawn Mathis wanted this year. Um, Colton Feast, look at him. He comes here as a walk-on. Look at the size of him when he's standing next to, I believe there's a picture of him next to Scott Frost. And you look at him then and look at him now. Wow. Want to talk about development and wanting to be there and wanting to get it done? Wow. Just had a great game yesterday. Had a great game yesterday. I think he had 10 total tackles. Um, by the way, graduated in three years. He is a fourth-year junior. Colton Feast, who walked last year, could walk again this year if he wanted to. And then Grant Delphison, just a sophomore. That's right, graduated in three years, walked yesterday. I think he's still got like three years of eligibility left if he wanted them. He is a, uh, he's a punter. It's pretty incredible uh, with the whole COVID year and everything else. But uh, congratulations to all those seniors making their way, um, matriculating their way through Nebraska. Uh, real quick, we'll take one phone call before we get to uh, Stephen and Sipple. Go ahead, Arthur. How you doing? Good, Mike. It's nice to hear you. I've been listening to you on Sundays. Of course, you know, in the good old days with everybody on Monday through Friday. Yeah. Uh, nice talking to you and one here. Hey, Mike. Um, okay, a couple questions. I know you guys are in a hurry. Okay. Um, we lost by one point, right? Yes. Will you let's do some math? Do you prefer Nebraska lose by one point and be out yardage than like be sixty-two to something in a low score, low yardage? And plus, like I like your your speech of the seniors. They said they uh, they was going to stay one more year. That was last year, and, and I love the special. My my homecoming um, in the military. Um, if they, those players stay one more, they said it's from the past or current now, stay one more year, okay. It's going to make you one more year to prove himself. He jumped in the, in the season um, and he took over, you know, and all that. I just don't understand. Let's give him an, a, a chance to do it. That's it, Mike. I'm going to go back to your show, okay? 
Arthur, I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I love the, the senior day stuff. Uh, let's go and ask that question to our next guest from Husker Online, the Onthe Network. Long time man of covering Nebraska football, Stephen M. Sipple. Good morning, Steve. How are you doing? Uh, good morning, Michael. How are you? I'm great, man. Let me ask you, let me ask you a quick question. So I'm going to give you three reasons why there are so many fans that, that want Mickey to, to stay. You tell me what's the biggest one. One, former Husker, okay. right? You know who he is. Two, because you have seen the team playing harder, even though they're not necessarily winning games. Or is it because he's a good personality? Like, he is good in front of the mic. I think if I was going to rate those, I'd yeah. say that the fact that they're playing hard, um, he, he is good in front of the mic. And then you know, he's a, then three, he's a former player. But, you know, uh, those aren't, none of those three are great reasons. Yeah. The first one's a good reason. Uh, being in front of Mike, I don't, that doesn't, and that means very little to me. As long as he communicates, I mean, he's got, I think head coach just has to communicate well for sure, but yeah. it doesn't have to be Johnny Carson. Um, and then, yeah, as far as the former player, I mean, I think that's appealing. It's appealing to me. It's always appealing to me that they have someone that really understands what the program's about. Um, and that, that there's a connectivity there with the fan base. I think that's good. Um, those are three okay reasons. There's got to be more than that. The guy that... Um, but yeah, I mean, Mickey, Mickey, I mean, the thing... I mean, the thing that Mickey lacks is head coaching experience. Now, he's getting a big taste of it, big dose of it. He's 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 learning about it as we speak. Um, and I'd say he's done a pretty good job. The biggest comment that you hear, or, or the most frequent comment you hear from people who are pro Mickey is, he was given a, a poop sandwich, and you can't judge him off of what he has. Do you buy that? It, it you really can't. That Trev can't make a good judgment with these nine games or whatever because of what he inherited. You can a little bit, but you got to be fair in the conversation. I mean, you can judge how he handles in-game decisions, um, regardless of how good his team is. I mean, we can all evaluate it with nuance, right? I mean, we can say. You know, this is this is what he's doing, and we understand he doesn't really have much to work with. You know, for instance, I, I don't know though. Let's be fair. Let's be fair to everybody if we're having this conversation. I don't want to get off track, but uh-huh. there's a lot of there's a lot of criticism of Whipple. Sure, but I think you got to put balance in that conversation and say, and this applies to Mickey too. How do you how do you how do you move the ball without it? with an offensive line that just doesn't get much done. Especially, now, it's not like they haven't gotten anything done all year, but in a game like yesterday. Um, so that's an example of what, you know, what Mickey and Whipple and Donovan, Rayola, those guys walked into was a tough situation. It, um, you know, <laughs> a poop sandwich, as it were. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, we got to. You got to be fair in these conversations, and some of it with Mickey, I don't think is fair. Like for instance, if you just Michael, if you just judge it straight win losses, no, that's not fair. You can't get to say, "Hey, Sip, hey, Michael, he's two and six. Right? Not, you can't do it that way. That's not fair. But you can look, you can look into it, um, and if you really, really analyze it, Mickey has done a lot of good things. Stephen M. Simple joining us here on Severe Reaction. 
from Husker Online. So we talked a lot about the offensive line, but man, Anthony Grant's broken. Um, there was three or four times where I've been begging for them to have more three tight end sets and to pull the tight ends and pull the guards and do more in the run game. And they tried it yesterday. I don't know how many times Anthony Grant was a step or two slow. Do you think he's just broken because of lack of success? Maybe he's not as good as we thought he was. Hurt? Because he yesterday he looked as bad, I thought, as he's looked all season. Didn't have much room, though. Ah, um, ah, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to look at it yeah. again. There were times when... You heard what Casey Thompson said after the game, right? You you heard what he said. Yeah, I did hear yeah. you right. He was pretty straightforward about. about that. That was He was saying the same thing people were saying at home. Run forward. Get through the hole. Follow your blockers. That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, that's, there's something to that. His confidence might be a little damaged. Yeah. It's been long. It, it's been rough for Anthony. Um, he's carried a heavy load. And if you look at how many yards he has after contact this year, it's up over 500. You know, it's probably in the 520 range now. Mm-hmm. 520 yards after contact. Yep. Um, now, that, say what you want, but that's indicative of there's not getting, there's not, I mean, there's not get a lot getting done up front. I mean, you can nitpick that, but there's not. Um, so, yeah, he's probably, his confidence is probably, and I thought, hey, listen, as far back as, oh, I'm going to go back to Rutgers. Yeah. I thought his legs looked tired. They had, then they had an off week in there, and I thought I thought he got him back a little bit. Um, but but I thought as far back as Rutgers, his legs looked his legs looked tired. They, they didn't, they, he didn't have the pop that he had, had had previously. So they've leaned on him really hard out of necessity, and yeah, I think it is, has taken a toll. The so obviously Minnesota game and the Wisconsin game very similar where Nebraska shut down the offenses in the first half, limited big plays, and then the second half they either got tired or the other team adjusted. However you say, but would would you say based on what you saw yesterday, that's that's the best that you've seen this front play, like the combination of Nelson and and Feast and and even Ty Robinson at times. Is was that the best you think you've seen them play? A lot of guys played well. Yeah, a lot of guys. Um Really, all three levels, Michael. I thought we're in on it, and that's that. You know what? That's a that's a big compliment to the that unit. Yep. Because you know you saw Hausman a lot. You saw Hausman present himself a lot. Mm-hmm. You saw you know you always see the safeties are in on it. Miles Farmer's in on it a lot. Um, even in the run game, you saw number thirteen get in, stick his nose in there. It starts up front, of course. Yeah, they played well. It's just unfortunate. What's unfortunate, and this, this is probably informative about where Nebraska is as a program. What, you, what I'll remember, I don't want to speak for everybody, but what I'll remember is they just couldn't get that final stop. Yeah. You know, they got, right. the, long, they, they got the long pass play to Isaac Garundo. Um, You know, they, it's a kind of a bust, yeah. not a total bust, but shit had to make a good play, and he did. And that's what you remember. They just, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is, they need to have if they had a guy like Malik or Randy Gregory or go back in years and name you know you can go back to the nineties and name one of Mike Lucker Wistrom. If they just had a, a closer on that defense, maybe make a, a not a big play, a huge play, um, and close it down. I mean, they just don't have that guy that can close it down. Yeah, you know, or guys, you know, it might sometimes it takes sometimes you know it takes. Too, but often 
offense just Malik blowing up a play in the middle or Randy Gregory coming off the edge. Yep. Um, and then, or Mike Brown breaking up a pass in the secondary. Um, that's those guys, Michael, those guys get you over the top. We talk, me and you talk about that all the time. And they just, unfortunately, that's what I'm going to remember. They just don't have that guy right now. Yeah, and it was supposed to have been O'Shawn Mathis for the most part. And, you know, he got credited for a sack yesterday because of that grounding. But I don't know if best way to phrase it, but he has really underperformed what was expected of him. Is that a misevaluation, mispositioning? I mean, why why do you think he hasn't performed like people ex- or they expected? Yeah, Michael, he's got three and a half sacks. That's not. I mean, that's just probably. Yeah. I mean, if you're being kind, half of what you would have maybe expected. You know, he thought probably seven to nine. Right. right? Yep. Um, I. I don't know. There's a lot to that conversation. When you go back and look at him in the Big 12, I, I don't see tackles that he was facing that were as good as what he faces in the Big 10. Heck yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe his expectations. But, he, you know, to his credit, he created those ex- <clears throat> he created those expectations by putting up good sack numbers in the Big 12. Right. It hasn't translated all that well. I think, the, hey, Michael, I think the offensive lines in this conference, now you watch more football than I do um, because you're able to. But I don't, I've watched the Big 12 enough. I think the offensive lines in the Big 10 are definitely a notch better than the Big 12 and maybe a couple notches. Look at draft picks. Look at draft picks on the offensive line. It's it's right out there. You'll see it. Defensive line's better in terms of draft picks. Offensive line better for the Big 10 in terms of draft picks. Offensive line. Are they better? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, they, every every year you're going to see two or three that are in that top forty or so. I mean, you when's the last time Texas had a an offensive lineman drafted <laughs> this right. decade? I mean, time, yeah, yeah. And then think of the tackles. I mean, just the tackles. Yeah, are so big in this league, and right. you get swallowed up a lot, and you get pushed up upfield a lot outside. Sure, and that's just these good tackles that are able to do that. A lot of a lot of guys walked yesterday for Senior Day. If you could pick a couple that you'd love to see come back next year because you think they could help the team take that next step, who would you want to come back? Casey and O'Shawn Mathis. Okay. I, mean, I think Mathis. I mean, you'd think, well, Casey, for obvious reasons, sure. you saw the drop-off. Um, Mathis, I would think with a year to kind of contemplate what he might need to change um, physically, what he needs to develop in his game, Maybe he could go from three and a half, four sacks to seven to eight sacks. Right. Um, I just don't know if those guys now. Casey will be twenty-five. Yep. Next year, that's getting up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> he's like our age. I gr- I graduated when I was twenty-five, but that was after four years of military service. So yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how old Oshan is. I think he's um, twenty-three. I think if I have to check, I think he's twenty-three years old. Let me check. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how, and you know better how the NFL looks on that sort of thing than I do. If I were an NFL GM, I'd keep an open mind. I mean, I'd look at mock tread wear and yeah, it's a new how time. they're holding up physically, but I don't know if that would hurt. I mean, right now, I don't know how draftable O'Shawn Mathis is. I don't think he is. He's born in 1999, so yeah, he's 23. Yeah, you don't think he's draftable right now? He's I, based off of what I've seen of him, I... 
with all of the pass rushers that are out there and a lot of the younger pass rushers, I, I don't think he is. He, I even, he hasn't showed me anything that's electric enough that jumps off the page that says this guy's a top, you know, seventh round pick, seven round pick. No, I don't. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. But I don't know what's out there. Sure. But I think there's probably pass rushers out there. That's the thing. I mean, yeah, he'd have to. I don't know. Maybe he'd want to come back one more year and try to really distinguish himself. Uh, that would be great for Nebraska. Yeah, and that's what that maybe that's what you sell to him. You say, hey, if you come back and you put up some decent numbers, you could actually get drafted. So that's certainly a, a possibility. But I don't yeah, know. I think it would be, and I and I, I do. Now, there's a lot of his game that I do like, and he's he's now you correct me if I'm wrong, but I like him and runs the board at times. I mean, run, run against the run, sure, tackles well. He's he's a he's a good tackler. Um, he fights, you know. I, I mean, I, I like his at overall attitude. He seems engaged. Um, I think there's a lot to build on off there, and he is. He's, he's a, and he is athletic. He's a big athletic kid. Yep. Um, so I, maybe maybe just another year would help him. But man, Michael, another year with probably going to be another coach teaching him yeah. different stuff. You know, maybe it's, that's good, but sometimes that can stunt a guy too. Last thing, Friday, obviously it'll be Cole in Iowa and everything else, and Iowa's got a lot to play for. Can can Mickey and the crew get this team up for one more game? You think? Well, it's about the offense um, to me. The defense, I mean, you know, defense is about effort. You usually gauge a team's fight through the defense, right? Because it just just because of the nature of the beast, and they're still fighting on defense, obviously. So that'll give them a chance to hang in there. But you know, can they get how many yards did Nebraska have last year or last week? Hundred yesterday, hundred seventy. Yeah, hundred seventy-one um, yards on forty-nine plays. Ugh. Okay, and then against Michigan, what they have 146? Yeah, it was 49 plays again, 146 yards, yeah. Okay, so they've got 146 yards, 170. Against, now Michigan's probably a better, I think it's Michigan's a better defense than Iowa, but it's the same, it's the same, you know, it's the same stratosphere. Right. So, can Nebraska get 150 yards? I mean, can they get 150 yards? Can they get 10 points? That's what we're dealing with here, unfortunately. Um, you know, now on the on the bright side, Iowa gave up some yards yesterday. You know, Ibrahim, I think, rushed for two sixty against. Yeah, but but only ten <laughs> points. That's back to back weeks where the other team has outgained them, and they haven't been able to score more than ten points. It's weird, right? Yeah. But, you know, at least there's there's a bit of hope that Iowa. You know, we character. Yeah, Ibrahim rushed thirty nine times. Yeah. Two sixty three. Right. Yeah, they're, they're they're loading up Ibrahim every week. Thirty nine times for two sixty three. So Iowa is I think they're an elite defense. Now elite defenses typically don't give up two sixty three to somebody. Um so maybe you can crack them and get to seventeen points and have a shot. But that's what we're looking at. It has to be something like that. Sip, we appreciate it. have a great rest of your Sunday, buddy. All right, take care. Take care. Stephen M. Sipple, every week. We appreciate him. We'll take a quick break. We come back. KG, Gary, stay right there. We'll get to you. And I want to wrap up the defense and how the Pro Football Focus uh, graded the defense as well. We come back here on Severe Reaction on 1620 Zone.